After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that's super-powered once again and ready to go. I'm Alex. When you dwell in darkness, it's hard to tell when you'll encounter your greatest weakness. Oh, there it is in the basement. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Riverdale Season 6, Episode 7, Chapter 102, Death at a Funeral. Very long title, but that's okay. It's a regular length episode. Yeah, I don't want so, what's a regular length here, because this is like 42 watching, minutes, 42 minutes. 42 minutes. I. It's like watching a thousand well, TikToks right now watching this show. <laughs> I gotta say, wow, it's a little longer. somebody turned, it feels like, from last week. I'm not turned. Has, uh, I'm not turned. Have you soured on the old Barchi, Justin? No, I love, I love Barchi. I love Riverdale. Justin, anti-Barchi no. stand? How dare you? Should be, you should be anti-Barchi after this episode. I love boring the, and Barchi's ridiculous. great. They talk about a lot of very serious issues and then make out a little bit. The, they're I'm here horrible for friends to all of everybody else. Uh, they'd rather do a Doritos commercial than a moat. Uh, Be honest, Pete. You'd rather do a Doritos commercial than almost anything. Right? Oh, well, that's you. I mean, Cool yeah. Ranch is Cool Ranch. Is, <laughs> I would guess say the, the Barchi. Cool, down to the, cool Barchi is sort of the best ship of all, right, Pete? That's <laughs> your <laughs> that's your ship. I just cool can't, Pete. Cool I can't, Pete is the ship name. Yeah. I just can't believe. Uh, I mean, it's longer than 42 minutes because I had to stop. Uh, hit pause and just kind of collect my thoughts after the uh, uh, the d- uh, super dog incident and then uh, keep watching. Well, I understand what you're saying. Not to get back to it, I just want to mention I personally ship Nacho Peatier, but whatever mm. you want to do. These chips are to... even peatier than the last ones. <laughs> <laughs> At which point, it's been years. It's been decades even since they've been nacho cheesier. What are they nacho cheesier than at this point? You know, like they got to mm. clarify this. They have to make a statement. They have to come out. And Some I have to make a statement about what happened to been a generation of cheesiness. We've <laughs> lost. I know. Uh, I want to make a statement about what happened previously on Riverdale because a lot of stuff is going on. There was an explosion in the Andrews household, which left everybody pretty much with superpowers, as we find out this episode. We'll get into all of that in a moment. We found out the last episode that Archie is super strong and nigh on invulnerable. Betty can see evil auras and perhaps more than that. Uh, Jughead unfortunately lost his hearing or the large majority of his hearing, which is something that he's grappling with in this episode. And Bingo, the dog, is Wolverine-style healing, as we found out all yes. four of his legs got broken and they came back. All four. And, uh, all of them. All four. 
All four of his legs. Why not? And he continues to be a super dog this episode. So that's what's going on with that. Also, as we uh, delicately tease, Betty and Archie are now officially dating. They are committed to each other at the end of the episode. Meanwhile, lots of other stuff going on in the town of Riverdale. The big one is Cheryl Blossom has been taken over by the spirit of her ancestor, Abigail Blossom, thanks to some manipulation on the part of now. I can't believe you're clapping for this. Uh, So so excited because she's the one who cares about talking. Tony and I, I don't care if it takes somebody being possessed to get the ship that I need. I'm all for it, baby. Come on. Come on, <laughs> Abigail. You got this. What Pete is talking about is back in the Rivervale days, which was the initial event that kicked this all off, though it seems like a lot of those plot lines are being taken over here to Riverdale. Yes. Seems Abigail like it's was crazier now by than it's... ancestors of Archie Andrews, Jughead Jones, and Betty Cooper. She is now back to life, but back in the day, she romanced Thomasina Topaz, who is an ancestor of Tony Topaz. Now, Tony is together with Fangs Fogarty at the moment, but as we oh. revisit in this episode, I think it's Finn Fogarty? Yeah. Fan it's Fogarty? Fan. It's Finn, Finn or Fen. I can't quite Fool. hear when they say it if it's like sort of an Irish lilt on it, but... Um... Mm-hmm. I think it's Finn Fogarty. Slade, Thomasina, Slade. and left Abigail. Slade, uh, Thomasina, and left Abigail alone. So that's what's going on with her. Also, she has a young ward named Britta, who is very conflicted. Britta is all of us in this episode. Britta's like, why (laughs) I'm like, what? What? And occasionally being like, okay. (laughs) Okay. We are Britta. Britta is all of us. And one of the other big events that happened that we should probably talk about is Veronica called out a hit on her father, Hiram, who seemingly was killed. Everybody's pretty upset about that. She kept that information from Reggie. And Hermione, as we discovered last season, I think it happened, went off to star on The Real Housewives of New York City. So that's what's been going on with her uh, there was one other thing that I needed to mention, probably. Oh, Kevin is taking care of a baby. That's briefly touched on. And a cop. Oh, don't go. Come on. Come on. That That's our break. All right. Well, we'll get into we'll this later. But this is. But that, come on, man. Uh, before come we get on. in too deep, I want to address the slander you threw at me that I was somehow out on the television show Riverdale, which I am not. It, uh, I'm saying the pace is up even beyond all of our expectations. It's like uh, some sort of flash going into the Speed Force or something. Like it's a it's a momentous. Oh, uh, like a, like a like some sort of cheer moment. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about. So of course, just like that <laughs> moment, I'm going to cheer like crazy for it. Uh, but what I do want to say is, it's like diving into a cold pool. Where you're like, oh, this feels amazing, but I it takes my breath away, and I mm. uh, so I appreciate this pace. I just want, I just hope that down the line we're gonna get some emotional moments where we can take a breath and really savor all of the Is this, wild. Did you just wake things. up out of a? Did you just wake up out of a coma? This show has been constantly insane and in cra- intense pace for so long. Sure, sometimes it takes breaks uh, and and stuff like that, but. It'll it'll speed right past insanity and keep going. I, I, I don't know why you're reacting now. I would argue this season is fa- even faster, and there's even less time with the characters because there aren't as many scenes between you our saying main- it Would you say, though, it's too fast? Uh, no. Too first. I, I'm not saying okay. it's um, uh, that way yet. I just, like I'm saying, I want to ha- have those moments. Uh, but what I was saying is, because we don't get a lot of scenes in between them, we don't get to explore their emotions. We just get to see them sort of react like, I'm feeling this, and then we cut into the next scene. So I, I'm just, I and I feel like we're going to get there where the characters will come together more. But even like 
Archie and Betty, when they're together, they're like dealing with all their uh, superpowers, um, murder situations. And then they kiss and then we we say goodbye. Well, because it's so every single scene with Betty and Archie this episode is they're drinking beers, they're talking yeah. about their superpowers. They're like, "Well, why don't we put down the beer well, and kiss for a little bit?" What do you well, I hear yeah, you. That's because, I get that. Wait, 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 no, that's because it's so boring that and not worth <laughs> taping. They just got to cut away because they're like, "Well, this is done. Not this worth is the... taping." Yeah, the two of them together is just like, man, it's like, the, well, we should cut away to something good because this this sucks. is unrelated. But they there's really no need to spark. stop uh, filming no... Riverdale on VHS tapes yeah. because yeah. I feel like it's impeding the whole process. Yeah, you're a horrible line producer, Pete. If that's what you think, <laughs> um, it, it, it's not that Barchi's boring. It's just like. It is. Betty's so like bland. She doesn't. That's your that's your shit. You're putting on it. And honestly, you should be excited because the Jughead Tabitha relationship is great, and it's sort of the sweetest relationship on the show right now. Yeah, they're working really hard to be like, please invest in this relationship. No, they're just they're just stop the bughead that you were born. Even if they were though. And I'm not saying whatever side I'm on, but even if they were, though, what is wrong with the a show working hard to sell you on a relationship? I don't think there's anything wrong in yeah. putting in the work to make something work. Like, if it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. That's fine. But okay. I feel like I hear this objection a lot, like, God, they're working so hard to make this plot line really sing. And we're like, all right, sorry yeah. they wrote and produced a television show for you to enjoy. I uh, yeah, you think the Cheryl uh, soul from another dimension plotline isn't working hard? Because well, it because is working hard. Do you know why? Do you know why it's it's finally, uh, I don't care if it's insanity to get the Cheryl and Tony, somebody fighting for that, because they belong together. And I don't care if it takes people from uh, a different time period to possess a person in this time period to make it happen. I- I'm all for it. Here's the as thing. Soon as, as soon as she sees Tony walk in the room, she lights up. It's magic. It's absolutely magic. I understand why you feel that way. And I'm sure Alex feels that way as the number one Shoney stan who he plays coy about it, but he's secretly going to do it uh, in a second. But I got to say, that's... I mean, who knows? Yeah, I guess we'll see. What a mystery. Um, Abigail lusting after Tony, that's not... that's That's a mistake. Like, I think it will eventually end up with Cheryl having breaking through from her soul prison or whatever and maybe her and tony getting back together the mirror world yeah yeah she's stuck in the mirror dimension let's be clear about or maybe we all are you know with cheryl (laughs) and trying to get yeah yeah it was weird to see you standing behind cheryl in the mirror world thing (laughs) i was watching like um i'll tell you about though cheryl mirror world cheryl cute outfit yeah very nice very cute outfit very Um, adorable but i think it's Abigail. Okay. Creepy uncle. Abigail is 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 <laughs> creepy a... uncle. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying that was not what she was wearing when she went into the mirror world. Clearly, she has a selection of outfits in there, and yeah. she picked out a cute one. The mirror world is full of closets. Have you ever looked in a mirror? There's often <laughs> yeah, a closet exactly. right it's behind. All closets. Yeah. yeah, I've looked at a lot of closets. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Wow, getting creepier. Really oddly. Exactly. I called it creepy uncle. No, because of Lion, the Witch of the Wardrobe. I always look in closets, like not Uh in the back of it to see if I can get into Narnia. Sure. That's a normal response, normal (laughs) walk back of the creepy. Hold on. Hold on. I'll fix this. Let me make this right. 
All you I'm saying is, Abigail. You don't knock on the box of closets to see if it'll take you to Narnia. You'll get no. to meet Mr. Tubness and eat d- delicious Turkish delight. A lot of bad stuff happens in that book and movie. And honestly, I meet, a, <laughs> I meet enough cloven hooved people in my life that I don't need another Tumness running around. Mm. <laughs> uh, Fair enough. But all I'm saying is, Abigail is a uh, vengeance driven soul that is from another place. I think she may look like Cheryl, but she is. Um, decidedly probably a villain here so justin it may surprise you to hear this but i'm really enjoying this storyline as a big secret shoddy shipper secrets Uh, out kid (laughs) here's what i'll say about the storyline and actually just about this episode in general so last episode i think i was pretty down on it because taking the world of riverdale full-fledged into supernatural that's not my thing. I'm not into that. That's not something I've wanted for five seasons. Going into season six, I understand a lot of people are very excited about it, and I think yeah. that's great, but not me. This episode, like I correctly predicted about my behavior the last episode, I was like, all right, fine, I'll just go with it. Because, you know, <laughs> I did. We're already here. We're already watching it. Strap I'm not going like, to drag my heels. Yeah. I'm just going to, yeah, exactly. I'm going to go for the ride. And for me... The Abigail Tony storyline was great and fun. I had a good time watching that. And I think part of the reason is because it's setting up this climactic angst that we're heading towards. I think you're absolutely right that Abigail is a villain. She <laughs> locks Nana in a room full of straw at one point. Also called a barn. That's a barn. Was it a what barn? The fuck? Yeah. Was it a barn? Because it seemed like it was a room that she put straw what? in to maybe make her spin the horse straw stable. What the fuck? How your... many rooms do you walk through in a house and you're like, look at all this hay in here. How many indoor... horse stables have full on doors you need to lock? Doors? A lot of them. If you're yeah, trying there was to like protect, a door you know, that she locked there. Like the why does horses in the horses can't the doors open doors? Horses can't open. Yeah, doors. Their, sh- like their shoes are made of metal. That's that's what keys are made out of. They could easily pick that lock. I've seen the movie Jurassic Horse, so I know what you're talking about. But that's a fictional <laughs> movie, and there's that whole thing where they're like clever, clever horses. Horse. The horses are like, <laughs> what is happening? Anyway, uh, my point being, whatever she does to Nana, wherever she throws her, we no way of establishing where it is. I think the idea here that wait, Abigail, can I, wait, can I just Barn, yes. this is barneration? No, no, no. I think I think what he's trying to say, and you, you're almost there, is that you were in a weird place with the show, but all of a sudden you're in you're in this like cool ranch. You're like, oh, man. <laughs> wow. This is this hay. There's, this is a cool red. <laughs> wow. Gotcha. Oh, that was the nacho cheesiest thing you've ever said, Pete. Uh, yes, you're absolutely right. Here's what I think is going to happen down the road, and this is why I'm here for it. I love the setup of like Abigail going after Tony because she thinks he's Thomasina, going way too hard on it. Tony realizing, whoa, something is wrong with Cheryl. What's happening? I here? love the enthusiasm, but she was going way too hard. Just yeah, like, you yeah. Play so cool a little bit. there's so many different directions they could go here. Whatever they are, they're going to be apocalyptic. One is that Abigail casts a spell and puts Thomasina in Tony's body. Something happens there where that creates total mess and chaos with her and Fangs. Or alternately, she doesn't go in that direction and just Abigail goes too hard at Tony thinking she's Thomasina and same sort of thing that drives Tony away. And then when Cheryl eventually does make it out of the mirror dimension, has to work that much harder to win Tony back and repair things. 
any of those storylines. No, no, like, no. This is how it's gonna. This is how it's it. gonna go. This is how it's gonna okay. go. All right. Abigail's out. going hard. Tony's like, "Yo, what's going on with Cheryl? I don't understand." Then Abigail's gonna do something sweet, and all the madness that's gonna get to Tony a little bit, and Tony's gonna stop and be like, "Oh my God, wait, do I still have feelings for Cheryl?" Then mm-hmm. Cheryl's gonna come back. And they're gonna kind of rekindle their love for each other, and it's gonna. By be something worth it sweet, all. do you mean kill Fangs? Because that's what I think she's gonna <laughs> do. <laughs> do you think? I mean, listen, nothing against Drew Ray Tanner, who seems like a perfectly wonderful guy, but I feel like they're gonna probably kill somebody this season, and I feel like it has to be Fangs, right? That's my. As soon as I saw that moment, I was like, "Oh, they're going oh. after Fangs. Fangs is oh, Fangs. Dead not man good. walking. Yeah, I, that's what I think." Well, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Glenn I, I, I is also we'll on the on the block as a potential. Death. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think Glenn's alive. I mean, how many more limbs does he have? He- <laughs> <laughs> Heads or it didn't happen. That's all I'm saying. Like Betty refers to his head being cut off, but we don't see it. I, uh, can we? What a sad talk footnote. about the using that somebody else's hand to like pet somebody's face. I don't feel like we got to. Feel Here's how I think gross that do. was. This is a theory. We didn't mention the thing about Glad, who was attacked by TBK, the trash bag killer, at the end of the last episode. Yeah, he, it's kind of all of his detail. limbs slowly get mailed back to Betty over the course of the episode. But I think we're going to see these two plot lines come together, and we're going to see Hiram's body reanimated with Glenn's head tied onto it. Oh, an added head, like a double head, mm-hmm. like oh. a t- two head, and they like talk to each other. God, what an annoying duo that would be. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, I think what's going to happen is um, Betty's going to look at it and be like, "I think that two-headed person has an evil aura." <laughs> I think they're going to um, do something that I've been pushing for a while: reassemble Glenn's body in some sort of like giant briefcase, um, so that the <laughs> organs can stay together, and he'll have um, sandwiches in one side and Stop uh, a small, your brief, Hold on. small no, this toilet. Is the thing we need to get to, though, Pete. We need to get to, we need to get into this and talk to this because at the end of the episode, Betty's like, "Hey, it's not safe here. TBK is here. He always follows me. If I leave, he'll follow me. Then I'll get distracted by something else, kind of like a cat. Just saying. You, you say it first, I think, Justin. But TBK, Toffee, be killing." Big theory there. We'll see what happens. That, that mask going to come off. Point tiny is, cat head underneath. Guaranteed. <laughs> yes. Guaranteed. So that's one theory. The other theory is Betty is leaving. Do you think she's going to leave and check on Toffee now that Glenn has been decapitated? It, it doesn't count as checking on Toffee if they the cat's been gone for like what, a year. Like it's not like oh, I'm gonna go check on a this pot of tea I put boiling. It's one Riverdale. Year it's either a year or it's been two days. One of the two. We're not 100 percent sure. That's a great point. And just back on the T- uh, Toffee is TBK. If you think this show won't have a cat be a human bodied murderer, you're not watching Riverdale. Well, I mean, in this episode, you got uh, you know Mackenzie's redheaded stepchild, you know. Pushing a bad guy out a second floor through a wall out a second McKenzie's floor. McKenzie's redheaded stepchild. Are you talking That's about Archie? No, I'm talking about Spud McKenzie. I'm talking about oh. that dog looks like Did Spud you- McKenzie's <laughs> stepdad. Redheaded stepchild. Did you say McKenzie? Just the last name of Spuds? Just the McKenzie. Just like- That's right. That's not. <laughs> yeah. I mean to say, I know you very well. I know what you're talking about. Eighty percent of the time, no one in the world. If you were just like, yeah, uh, my favorite commercial, McKenzie, the McKenzie spot. Well, the this 80s episode was like, no, all 
commercial themed. You know what I mean? Like you had Spud McKenzie, Man, you had Cool Pete, Ranch you had Doritos. You such a big win just a couple of minutes ago yeah, with that Cool Ranch yeah. joke, and yeah. you you flopped it, bad. Yeah, Kale you flopped it. <laughs> you wasted your capital. <laughs> yeah. And also, if you're gonna n- name check Spuds McKenzie, I would go with Spuds. A little more of a standout <laughs> name. You're gonna remember Spuds. You drop McKenzie, could be anybody. <laughs> Uh, anyway. I can't believe we had a dog uh, almost murder the bad guy. I, when when you got the shot of the uh, brick wall and then the bad guy flying through it and then uh, bingo there, I I had to stop and pause because I was laughing so hard I couldn't control how insane the show is. I mean, we're that was great. Around. I loved Archie calling Bingo Kill and then his brief explanation of, oh yeah, I guess he remembers some stuff from his dog fighting days. Well, honestly, that. when I saw that, I was like, do all dogs know the word kill? <laughs> if I say to a dog on the street, kill, and point at something, is that like, okay. Um, and then Archie's sort of backhanded explanation. I was like, oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> and he fell out Trashback killer fell out of a two-story home and just like went through a wall and then fell out and then ran but away. But I, like I love cartoon. that, and I lo- do love Betty's explanation of like, yeah, he does get up from those sort of things. Like we talked about this before the season, hoping or at least I hoped that they were going to go for a full-fledged slasher movie-style thing with TBK, and that seems like that's what they're doing here. I I don't know if it's going to go for the next fifteen episodes or so, but. As an overarching arc, it's such a fun, gross, weird villain to keep it going. I'm I'm enjoying it. That said, I did want to talk about the reveal here that TVK, it turns out, is Dennis. Dennis. The, Dennis, the guy yeah. who works construction. Yeah. Menace. No. Uh, as the no, overarching Archie, hard, no. the overarching Archie arc here in the episode um, was pretty wild on a lot of fronts, but I don't think the reveal is that Dennis is TBK. If we want to talk TBK theories, I think no, Dennis is TBK. We saw it. No, Dennis is a random saw... dude. Oh, uh, no, a random who... dude who got paid to hit Archie. Uh, uh, yeah. No, that's for those who it's missed clearly it, Dennis. Just to give a brief overview here, because we're going absolutely wild this episode. Dennis is working part of the crew that's working on the house to fix up the Andrews household with Archie. He finds some palladium somewhere in the house, adds it to Archie. It turns out that palladium is Archie's kryptonite. It makes him back normal human again. TBK is kind of listening in, or at least Dennis is listening in and figures out everything that's going on, hands him a second piece of palladium, knocks him out, drags him off, at which point TBK ties him up and is about to cut him to pieces when Bingo comes in and saves him at the end of the episode, yeah. as we've talked about. Now, what's your big theory there, Justin, that Well, let me, now that you said all guy. that, I just have to say, so Archie's from the the planet Palladia and set put yeah. in a yep. rocket for, and sent to, um, to Riverdale. Checks out. Well, Check. actually, can I mention something before I forget about the Palladium? So there was this whole thing in the Riverdale arc, like when they got to episode 100, that was part of the explanation of what caused this big bang that separated the universe. This is sort of this magic rock. We've talked about before on the podcast how Hiram clearly wanted it very badly and talked about how it was more valuable than absolutely anything, and we wondered why exactly, other than the fact that it's a precious, rare, precious, precious, rare <laughs> metal. That's uh, the second worst thing that I'm going to... Exactly. I was, can't wait for you we'll to, to say moment. the... Um, yeah, don't, don't the word, do it. The dare not Alex is, yeah. Alex's kryptonite don't. is saying Please don't. <laughs> Please stop. Ab- Ab- Please don't. Don't. Just Ab- move on. Just, just say grandmother and just be cool. Let's go. Grandma. 
Oh, don't do that. Oh, oh, no, it's spreading. Uh, Yeah, so uh, there does seem to be some sort of indication that maybe the palladium is causing these powers as well. Potentially, we're going to find out. But also, this whole thing with the palladium gave me an inkling that maybe there is something more going on here with these powers and maybe they there is a more realistic explanation somehow down the road i don't know i have no idea what it would be but i could see something happening in 17 episodes time where it's a very riverdale like oh yeah all of that stuff happened exactly how it happened except you guys were hallucinating the superpower yeah. things because the palladium exploded the end uh how yeah. do you explain the kitchen vice grip then I think the hallucination. I, I agree it with you. Two, it was two sides of a sandwich. Yeah, oh. an Archie hand sandwich. I agree with you, Alex. After watching this episode, I was like, they can come. Wait, out so of this. Archie doesn't like Cool Ranch Doritos? Is that what you're trying to <laughs> no, say? No, that's real. That's okay, real. Right, okay, right, that's right, real. Right. You were saying though, Justin, um, you can I, see. I think they're going to come out of this and have it be an effect of the explosion, whether the trauma of it, because as we saw at the end of the episode, Jughead um, can hear people's more casual thoughts it sounds like um <laughs> thought i left the coffee going uh kind of thoughts and i, I think because they were the only Random ones thoughts. at the explosion it, i think there's a way for them to sort of pull it back in this classic riverdale way after they've had the maximum amount of fun with this sort of unbreakable-esque storyline that they've done here. and to clarify about it because i know there's been a lot of fan back and forth about this even if they do reverse the superpowers even if they do reverse abigail's possession and all of these things or come up with like some sort of waffly explanation for it oh yeah it was palladium gas that was released throughout the town i still think all of these things are actually happening i don't think there's been this big fan theory that oh we're going to reverse time to I don't know who's coming up with these theories. Don't want to point in any direction. Reverse time before Barchi got together so that Barchi never got together. Who would want that? Who would push that? Who would want that? Who would want that to happen? So you're saying they're all in a coma right now? No, here's the thing. I don't think they're (laughs) going to reverse that in any way because that would be a cheat. Yes. A huge cheat and a huge bummer for any emotional growth that any of the characters are going through. But I do think while time progresses the way that it does, quote unquote, normally in Riverdale, we still could see some sort of reversal of the supernatural aspects before we get to season seven. Agreed. Um, This episode sort of put me fully in that camp that we're not... Uh, going forward in this supernatural world. Now, I will say that that handles all of the superpowered stuff. The Cheryl side of things feels like it's a little <laughs> harder to track back. Um, but also, Cheryl I mean, she exists. lives near a palladium mine, so that's also palladium that, gas. That's, that's a good her point. Think that's happening. Palladium gas, um, something you just made up, though. Let's be clear, mm-hmm. not been established yep. by any means. Nope. But wait, you were going to say about Dennis. You had a theory about Dennis, who is definitely the TBK. I think Dennis is yep. a throwaway uh, small town villain, like um, we small time villain that we've seen many times in Riverdale. I think we will learn eventually that Glenn is the trash bag killer. Mm. I don't. I oh, think, you think? Oh, I think this is a fake Glenn death, um, and we will find that he is the trash bag killer. Is that because he wasn't fully trash bagged up when he was pushed out the second story uh, building? Well, it just tracks with a lot of uh, the like Glenn is obsessed with Betty. Uh, he was getting close to her in the FBI as at the same time that the trash bag killer was getting close and killing more people and becoming more obsessed with Betty. I think the perfect cover for a serial killer is to be killed. 
Yeah, I I could definitely see that. I could also see the thing that we saw in the car the last episode as a fight club situation where maybe even Glenn has two different sides to his personality, maybe has dissociative identity disorder and is doesn't know the that he's the trash insane. bag killer. That's possible. Another theory that I have is there might be multiple trash bag killers. And you they say that do... every Riverdale season. I know, but they love Scream because of Skeet Ulrich. So there might be a riff on that in some way. And also, that's a very handy way of explaining the slasher genre. The slasher keeps coming back. The slasher can be in multiple places at the same time. Um, they potentially could do that. The other one that I'll throw out at you that I saw a little bit, people speculating online that I thought was interesting, is what if it's our boy uh, Nikolai Witchell, Dr. Colonel Jr.? He's also obsessed with Betty. It kind of sounds like his voice a little bit under the mask. Interesting. Take it easy with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd be pretty bummed out if that was true because I want Dr. Curdle, like we talked to him about, just being a, a nice weirdo who lives in the yeah. town. But I will say, once someone comes out as a killer, that doesn't mean they're in any way off the show. <laughs> <laughs> it just means they're, honestly, it gives them more attention. Yeah. Uh, well, why don't we jump over and talk about Jughead's storyline since we touched on that briefly. For the most part, until he starts hearing Tabitha's thoughts at the end of the episode, this is actually a pretty down-to-earth, relatively grounded storyline where Jughead is narrating all the time. We don't really hear anything from his perspective, just sort of echoey notes of everybody talking. Uh, he initially rails against getting ASL lessons, Ultimately, he signs up with an ASL teacher, and his breakthrough he finds is in creating comics. Ultimately, yeah, his, that's the thing that breaks. You know, you kind of got to go back to your roots. You know, you were born from a comic strip. Sometimes you got to go back to that to be able to, you know, remember who you are. Yeah, what does that mean for you, a human person, Pete? I don't know. I've been trying well, to figure. You that were out. born. Even <laughs> said many times, you were born and raised on Bughead. So, what does that mean for you? Uh, that and once they get back together, my life will be okay then. Okay, over? Well, Your life will be over. Like, well, <laughs> like a mom. How, how did okay. Pete die? Cause of death? Bughead. <laughs> Bad case of bughead. But he was born and raised on it. Worth so it. it. Makes total Worth sense. it. <laughs> Worth it. But, oh, Pete, have you done anything about the bughead gas leak that you live on top of that is slowly poisoning your brain? It's a hell of a way to go. <laughs> seem comfortable with it. Um, what did you think about this Jughead storyline? I like this storyline. I Like you said, it was sort of the more grounded one, despite the fact that it landed on our the, the character developing superpowers. Um, I think we saw in Rivervale, like comic books are what sort of saved Riverdale through Jughead. And so it makes total sense that now he's discovered them through uh, this other uh, guy that lost his hearing. And it's now going to – it also sets up this Unbreakable, the movie, um, the M. Night Shyamalan movie that I was referencing, as a sort of a major influence on at least the beginning of this season, I think. Um, so that's – I'm excited for all because of this. Because Mr. Glass – Mr. Glass, Samuel Jackson's character, is obsessed with comic books just to – Is obsessed with explain. comic books and also his powers came sort of at the same time as Bruce Willis's character, mm. which we get here again as sort of the opposite side. And Mr. Glass's powers of being like very brittle – uh, were a weakness that then ended up becoming his path to being a villain. Feels like that might be something that um, that Jughead is on here as well. I'll say I thought this was good enough, and I know Riverdale would almost never do this, but this was good enough. I wish this was the whole episode. Like mm. I feel like 
other than that Hiram Lodge flashback episode, we don't usually get a lot of room to breathe here, like you were talking about at the beginning, Justin, because you have all these trains running. But it was such whiplash going from this realistic, grounded, pretty emotional storyline with Jughead to then Abigail flitting around town in insane dresses and being like, I'm going to destroy everybody with my curses and I have magic. Um, it was just a little bit of too much tonal whiplash. But if they had been able to concentrate on this and really flesh this out and show Jughead's whole world over the course of 42 minutes, I think that would have been pretty that's a phenomenal. different show, man. That's not that's a different show. This is insanity on a, on different. No, I know. I'm just saying, I think that would have been kind of neat if they did it. Uh, they didn't. So I still liked the storyline for what it was. And I find it interesting that Jughead is now narrating everything everything in his life. I think that's a good sort of way of using a good metaphor for him, the scenes of him losing his, having lost his hearing, not being able to hear. So he's literally describing to us the action. It was, I really liked, it was, it was powerful. It was cool. The whole kind of like him, uh, you know, Tabitha yelling at him uh, about the motorcycle thing. And, and then just kind of like him, being upset and trying to feel like himself again. And like, you know, the fact that it doesn't make sense when he's typing, you can't hear that, like all that pulling him out of his comfort zone and having to kind of like rebuild himself and do that through like comics was very cool. And the fact that like he was being more positive, you know what I mean? Like it was a, a good side to Jughead. It was nice to see. It was kind of this scene that people are more than just one thing. And he kind of starts, he's like, I'm, I used to just eat hamburgers or whatever, you know, I've grown more than that. So great for Jughead. Cool. And, you know, I mean, part of me was really moved by Tabitha, but also like part of me was like, Oh, poor Tabitha's had to deal with so much. Um, you know, so, but I did like the two of them together this episode. I thought it was, yeah. like Justin said, very sweet, particularly at the end. The line at the beginning, I couldn't, it was delivered very seriously. And it struck me as weird in a funny way where he's like, all I could do is read, eat hamburgers and kiss Tabitha. <laughs> Doesn't sound so like, bad. Great. Ideal life, man. Ideal life. Um, but yeah, the Jughead stuff was good. I believe the guy that they brought in does actually is either deaf or partially deaf and um, speaks ASL. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yep. Obviously, you know, not to diminish it, obviously that is a hot trend right now on TV and movies, but it's good to bring these folks in and really highlight and use them in a positive way. So I was glad to see that here. As and well. I don't think they're jumping on a trend in that way since, um, as we learned, that was going to be, that was sort of woven into the show from the very beginning in the first first or second draft of the Totally. Pilot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I thought that was great. Uh, why don't we move over to Veronica's storyline then, which has a ton of stuff going on with it. As <laughs> yeah. Hermione returns to for Hiram's funeral, uh, her uh, Hiram's mom is there. <laughs> and then mom. Good. Um, don't. No. Just stop. Okay, I'm not going to do it. Uh, and eventually she gets asked to give a speech and puts uh, find some peace. With Hiram dying. Uh, what you guys think? Also, that, very is, touching montage of Hiram. Uh, you know, we got a little, like, Hiram montage of all his, like, uh, you know. That was a very, it was nice. Um, Alex, that was a very sweet way of explaining another wild, absolutely wild storyline. 
um, <laughs> where she is get, is supposed to give a eulogy, um, and she gives a practice eulogy in the town hall. It calls her father the big bad of Riverdale. I was like, yo, yeah. that's not a eulogy. You're roasting him. Um, which I thought was funny and strange. And then when Anatole the assassin comes back to kill her because we think Hermosa put a hit out on Veronica, Geraldo, the random new dude, ices him from like a different room. Snipes him. Snipes him. I swear he turned that bullet right around a corner. Because how did that? That that Yeah, banded the bullet. Oh, yeah. Is he from Wanted? He's from the movie Wanted. Wanted. Wow, that's wild. That oh, character was, a novel was very first. interesting because it felt like he was being set up as a romantic rival to Reggie in yes. some way. Agreed. But I don't yeah. think so. He doesn't have but that. But yeah, also no, and maybe he'll never come back. I'm not 100% sure there. They did weird. go way out of their way to name him and make him an important part of this episode, so I feel like he could come back. But he doesn't have that sort of like romantic rival swagger that they would often put in on this show. Um, even someone like um, uh, Veronica's ex-husband from last season, he at least had this aggressive, like, dicky energy. And Geraldo just seems sort of reserved and nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I like this. I mean, I like, I always like giving Camila Mendez some sort of showcase on the show. And she certainly got to play a lot of different modes here. Her reaction to... Hermione's reality show antics in particular, I thought were a lot of fun. I like that too. All right. All right. Wait, there's a couple of things we got to talk about here. First off, her, uh, the mom entrance was amazing. Got to sign the form first and then she comes in. Great her cross kind of coverage like, by her camera crew. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what every line producer is thinking. Uh, and then we had this moment where like she's overacting in front of the cameras, which was really kind of a fun, hilarious choice. But then Veronica's talk to the hitman about like being like, so you're just a really good actor. And then was just kind of like fighting that instinct to maybe look at the camera a little bit was just uh, that was just such a weird uh, Riverdale moment that I was like, this is hysterical. I also I will give a shout out to I was glad that Archie and Veronica had a conversation. Yes. And I like that a lot. I mean, this is something that we well, that was hot. There was a lot of heat in that combo. Oh, really? I see. I a lot feel, of tension. A lot of like, hey, this feels good, right? This is nice. That's your bughead shit talking because that scene was very sad. Yeah, I don't even think you're a Varchie shipper. I think you're just a team Archie and Betty break up so that Betty and Jughead yeah. can get back together by any means necessary. Well, the people who belong together. You're playing be chess, together. man. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, chet with Doritos uh, on both sides. <laughs> Um, that's how you play chess I'll tell you what I played Dorito chess with Pete and it gets steadily harder the longer you play yeah you keep losing pieces the Doritos just start disappearing yeah. that's your point uh, pawn to Cool Ranch check <laughs> crunch <laughs> uh, the I this was such a melancholy moment I really liked the way it was played because you can it's that that X conversation where there's unresolved feelings on both sides probably um, because of the pace at which this show moves and their relationships move so I, I thought this was really nice. I look forward to more moments like this. Well, and uh, just to continue further on Because there's going to be more because it, it, it sweltered when they were both together. No, it did not. Uh, Pete, and I don't want to – I feel like I see you. I feel you. Uh, your trial – your Varchi trial balloons you're uh, slowly putting up into the air. I think we're in Varchi mode for quite some time. 
Well, on that note, the thing that I was going to say is often the mode with this show is that Betty and Archie are together, so they're just off on their own thing. So even taking that brief time to have Archie and Veronica talk, explain their shared history, I thought was really nice. On the other hand, just on a friendship level, and I understand this is probably a logistic thing, but it was a real bummer that nobody showed up at her dad's funeral. Nobody showed! Yeah. Yeah. Well, he did try to kill everybody multiple times. That's fine at the same time veronica's still their friend right i mean what the hell there for veronica reggie's there hang out with reggie maybe he has some fun things also nobody checked in on jughead nobody they did a doritos commercial instead of being like yo what archie did hold on archie was like well what a archie did not check in archie held up a sign was like kind of fishing to be like do you have powers though bro like, Hold on. Archie you... gave a really heartfelt speech about what was going on with Jughead when he said the line, well, at least he has Tabitha. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm saying. There you go. Covered. Horrible. They covered it. They covered it. Well, Horrible I mean, friend. Everyone's partnered off right now. I mean, we get the Veronica and Reggie moment where she introduces him as her boyfriend. So I think everyone is a little bit, not excusing not attending the, the funeral for everyone, because I do think that was a little weird, but... Um, I think everyone is in their own little homes. Yep. I it agree. And well, make it okay. Too, hold on. This is probably going to give you too much hope, Pete, because I don't know which way things are going to go. But apparently, now that we do have everybody settled, we're going to start to she- see some shakeups as the season continues. Yeah, because and we're... we've had a promise that there's going to be characters that are going to be single for multiple episodes. So I think if anybody, we may see Veronica and Reggie in particular head to to the rocks now that they've really committed each other. Um, but we'll have to see what happens. No, but yeah. it's what's happening is uh, Betty's leaving Archie to get away from the trash bag killer. And uh, she's never going back. You think All right, Archie's let's put some lack, money on uh, lack of object permanence is back in full effect. I mean, it's, it's a concern. Yeah. It is, it is a concern with Archie. His girlfriend is gone for a day, and he's like, well, I guess I don't I have a girlfriend. I guess I don't have a girlfriend. Single. Exactly. I guess she's gone. She's <laughs> she, not, she not here right now. Archie's single. Archie was with Veronica, and then they were separated for a little bit, and then he was like, oh, I guess I'm single. So that's what's going to happen. Oh, also, actually, Archie, now that I think of it, was kind of rude to Jughead multiple times in this episode. He said that yeah. line about Tabitha, and I said it. I was just looking back about my notes when Betty was like, hey, we should, what about Jughead? He was third closest, and Archie says, fourth closest. Don't forget about Bingo. So in yeah. terms of his rankings, he's got Archie number one, Betty mm-hmm. number two, Bingo number three, and then Jughead. I mean, if he says Jughead kill, Jughead is not, probably not going to kill. Like, also, he, Bingo's yeah. a stone-cold killer. If Archie says... <laughs> Bingo, kill a Manjaro, Mount Kilimanjaro, person's dead. That's how <laughs> yeah. fast Bingo was. <laughs> Do you yeah. think if People he said Jughead be... roll over, would Jughead roll over? <laughs> I, I mean, I think I that's what know. Archie Jughead, wants. Jughead, beg. <laughs> beg Jughead. I, I think when the town finds out about this dog that's knocking people through walls, you know, I think there might have to be some... Uh, questions asked. They'll bring it up at the next town council, I guess. Uh, other moments from the episode, we've definitely jumped around a lot here. Justin? I've got a, I've got a bunch. First off, um, at the town hall meeting where it's like, well, our main villain is dead. And then Percival Pickens jumps up and is like, I'm He's here. Like, I'm a villain, I think. <laughs> yeah. Very, like, let very Let me introduce funny. myself. Um, 
so that was cool. We should talk about Kevin because in the very tiny. He had two moments in this episode I thought that stood out. He okay, is like wait. talking to his dad. He's like, hey, I'm going to raise this kid. I'm going to be a deputy. And his dad's like, okay. And then that's we're, we're gone. And then the other big moment is when they're on the in the reality show. And um, Veronica's like, let's put the cameras away. And Kevin is pissed. He's like, throw his napkin <laughs> on the table, pissed about it. He's here for the drama. I love that. Very that annoying. was very funny. You this can't was his big chats. You can't just uh, uh, jump around so much. All right, well, let's back up the truck. Wait, when was because... the last time you guys took threw a napkin on the table in, in rage? Were you just like, bah! Uh, earlier today, I think. See? I was angry that I was holding a napkin. I was like, napkin? My hands are oh, clean. You need, <laughs> you need napkins, man. They're super important. Okay, yeah, personal By the way, bacons. I just want to mention, uh, for those uh, who are fans of Pete LePage's patented catchphrase, let's back up the truck. <laughs> Check out threadless.com slash comic book club. We have a uh, exclusive so right let's here, back right. up the truck this is shirt. The Doritos, our Doritos commercial right now. It's, okay. it's you, Pete. It's a you shirt. Yeah, it's um, a picture of your head on a truck, and it's a let's back up <laughs> truck. You think I'm joking. It's I'm, I'm buying one of those shirts ASAP. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so. Redlist.com slash comic book club. Pickens stands up in front of everybody and then winks at Betty's mom, and there was that hilarious gut shot to the angry uncle. I, I lost it. That was such a hilarious just, like, beat, 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 cutaway, like, Oh, my God. That was just such a fun moment. I wanted to revisit that before we jumped over to the second thing. I also, while we're talking about Percival, I want to know what his plan is. I can't believe we got a moment of him being like, and here's my plan. And then Tony was like, oh, sorry, I'm late. And they're like, well, no need to follow up on that. (laughs) You know what? He reminds me. He has like music man energy. I feel like he's Mm -hmm. going to fool the town into doing something. And if if, uh, the monorail, the classic (laughs) monorail episode from The Simpsons. Oh my God! If they did that, that would just be so amazing. An actual monorail—that would be yeah. pretty. Yeah. Intense. Come on, that would be amazing. <laughs> the fastest way to Greendale is the monorail. <laughs> Sabrina's on the monorail waving as she goes past. Oh yeah. my God! But I do think Sabrina disappears at the end of the episode, and uh, she says, "Well, at least I helped." And they're like, "You didn't do anything." And then she's like, "Did it I?" I mean, that's, that tracks with all of Sabrina. That was sort of what her cameo in Rivervale was. Kind uh, of. Uh, I do think if Hiram was uh, mean and evil, he is the, per- Percival Perkins is going to be sort of killed him with kindness, I think. Mm-hmm. I oh, really? like his energy so far. I think of the businessman villains we've gotten who have been Hiram Light, he feels different enough and fun enough that – to your point, Justin, I think he's going to have some sort of weird, terrible plan. So we'll see how it pans out. It should be fun. Anybody who's fun. winking at people is not a not a good person. You don't trust a that's, wink? No, no. Wink, wink, wink. Pete, you trust me? Wink, wink, wink. No, Pete. I've never trusted. I'm saying you. wink so that they know what I'm doing on the podcast. Yeah, I yeah, think you're going to like the way this bughead stuff goes. Wink. <laughs> you didn't wink there. That was all weird. right. So, but I said wink. It's oh, an audio said, wink. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Justin, what was the second thing that you brought up in uh, a succession uh, that I wanted to? The last time you were so pissed, you threw a napkin onto a table. Oh, oh yeah, that was uh, that was this weekend. Oh, <laughs> that sounds real. That sounds very real. Yeah. Wow. 
Any other <laughs> moments from the episode you want to call out? I got lost in that napkin discussion. No questions there. Um, well, I I thought it was very funny that Britta, having seen everything she's seen in um, the Blossom household, is finally freaked out now. She's suddenly yeah, like, "Whoa, I was like, this is weird." You've got to save the day here. At some point, you got to step in and pick a side. Well, <laughs> I think she's like... mostly she's worried about Cheryl because she loves and respects Cheryl. Yeah. Um. So that's probably the bridge too far for her. But at the same time, yeah, I agree. She's been on board with everything so far. Yeah. And Nana Rose can say whatever she wants, and Britta's like, I right? Mean, <laughs> Nana, Nana Rose continues to kill it on on this show. It's nice to see. Nana Rose uh, being Nana Rose. She's again. only getting more powerful as the yeah. season. I also like the moment while we're jumping around to stuff where everybody kind of figures out that Archie has superpowers because he drinks really hot coffee. With that no moment, that's the next yeah, one I was going to bring up. First yeah, off, too. they added like the coffee heat break? lines. They added heat lines in post, I think. on the. I was like, that coffee is blazing. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, no, the whole point where they're working, all of a sudden, like, Uncle's like, coffee! And everybody just, you know, yabba-dabba-doos it out the door. It was hysterical uh, for fresh coffee. I mean, when you're doing construction, nothing better than um, uh, like solar, a sun-level heated coffee uh, on a hot day. Also, very hard to do, to make that much coffee that hot. It, it the temperature dissipates very quickly. Well, Alice has a lot of, she emits an energy, like when she brought uh, Bingo back and was like, my kitten pumps, Archie. And it's like, I'll <laughs> bill you. I was like, Alice, read the room. Read the there's poor, no poorly way, constructed room. There's no way an average human could hold on to that dog. Like, Alice has to have superpowers to be able to keep Bingo on that right. leash. Maybe she was fifth closest in Archie's rankings of who he cares about the most. Uh, the we should probably talk about their weaknesses. Specifically, Betty is starting to get migraine headaches. I yep. do think we're going to head towards a point where they have these supernatural powers, but there's also weaknesses that come along with them. And maybe Archie's weakness is the Palladium. Maybe there is something else. There's been hints that maybe he's just going to become super angry, and that's going to be his weakness as well. Or it like seemed his... like. Uh... Betty's weakness was Archie. Every time she was close to him, she got like a headache. She was like, this is... No, she got a headache about... at the FBI office as well. Pete, you're talking about you. Every time you're close to Barchie, you get a headache. <laughs> just uh, nothing, like Pete. It's no, not, it's no just seems like it's not. just seems like it's not an enjoyable uh, team-up. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Justin, you left a little Cool Ranch trip right in a... Uh, Round a rope right there, and he didn't fall into it. <laughs> that was b- classic Pete bait. He didn't take it. Yeah, he right must be already full of cool ranch. string. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, just a couple other things I want to say. Yeah. Um, the Sopranos reference I feel like is what Hiram was found in the Pine Barrens. I feel like that was a reference to that famous episode of Sopranos, which was fun. Um, and then the other big thing I want to say is we have a second barefoot Contessa reference in this episode. What's with the barefoot Contessa? In that must be a joke in the writer's room, right? Like, Gotta be. For Thanksgiving, they're going to the Barefoot Contessa? Ina Garten? It was a, it was integral to the, the Varchie. That was though. a dig. That was a dig to Archie and Uncle Frank and maybe Jughead as well. Sick to my stomach about it. Yeah. Disgusted. I'm just saying it feels like anytime Ina comes up in this show, trouble. Do you think she's going to guest star? Oh, <laughs> I see what you're saying. She's a flag. She's love... a red flag. She's a barefoot Contessa red flag. Do you think she's TBK? It's not 
I mean, let's see. Let we need a, a, a cook off. We want to see how TBK can can uh, do a, like a great meatloaf. Oh, that would be excellent. I would love to see that. So before we wrap up here, why don't we talk about who was wait, the MVP? Wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. There's, else, there's, there's a couple of things I need to talk about here. So first off, if you're uh, doing construction in your home and then you find that there's something very expensive underneath your house, like, I don't know, let's say palladium, wouldn't you then kind of like, hey, guys, let's shift gears a little bit. Maybe we uh, dig up this palladium instead of uh, you know just building this house that eventually... If I get into trouble, I'm going to need that palladium. I'm going to have to dig up my house anyway. So might as well, while we're kind of under construction, this is the time to maybe check out this palladium. Well, he knew that there were, I think he said that there were only two chunks of palladium and that was it. So it isn't palladium buried under the house. It's that in the blast, he lost these two pieces of palladium. And so Dennis, who is definitely the TBK, found them again. Mm -hmm. Okay. Dennis, and I agree with you. We've set up. For Dennis so is definitely beloved TV character. Dennis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you know, cause we got to talk about the, the Betty here in this episode of like, just kind of being lulled here in this kind of like fake happiness, because even the trash bag killer uh, was like, you know, Betty was like, how did you get in here? And he's like, Glenn's access card. You know what I mean? Like even TBK was kind of like, come on, Betty, you're better than this, right? Come on. Like, you, I know you're in fake love right now, and this is like, you know, but uh, sorry, I just on need, top I, of these things. I feel obligated you know to mention I mean? real quick that you are fully taking the case of the trash bag killer here, Pete. You're like, <laughs> I, like that's the guy that makes sense on this show. <laughs> I don't know if it makes sense, but I'm just saying that, like, it's not, I, I you know, like, we need to see Betty you know, back to being Betty and, you know, like uh, kicking butt and taking names here. And like, I don't know. I think she is. She's, she's a little butt. behind the ball when it comes to TBK, but that's her weak spot anyway. So I'm all right with it. But she's leading the whole FBI squad now. She's doling out assignments. There's... She's tracking people down in Sketch Alley. She's getting boxes full of limbs. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, just uh, casually opening boxes like I. Did you, when that happened, did you guys shout, what's in the box, what's in the oh, box? Oh, yeah. I yeah, knew. I, I mean, I was like, like, I was surprised it wasn't his head. But let me yeah. say, that's why I feel like Glenn is the trash bag killer. I also was, was like, they don't have Because a... he's a big fan of the movie Seven, is what yeah, you're saying. exactly. A real uh, gateway drug to becoming a killer. I think that um, there'd be more of a package vetting process at the FBI. She's yeah, like, Here's exactly. a little box Just, for you. Here's a box. Yeah. Didn't look like there was a postage on it or anything. Just a random box. Do you think TBK went to FedEx and was like, I need this. I just need it overnight. Or do you have, I'll do two day. I don't want need to blow my. No, it seems like there TBK. Any, uh, any limbs in there? Because we don't do overnight for limbs. No, it seems like what? TBK's got somebody in the FBI because that box just walked in. There's no postage. There was no nothing. So like. You TBK's think Dennis, got... the construction worker, knows somebody in the FBI? <laughs> I don't know. Or know. he has a part-time job working at the FBI. Oh. He's part-time construction worker, part-time He's FBI. the Archie of serial killers, where right. he just has a bunch of different jobs. He's also a doctor and a lawyer and a veterinarian. I do one day a week at the FBI. It's really hard to solve any of my cases. <laughs> you go in there for FBI Friday. Is, yeah. yeah, FBI is very open about freelancers. <laughs> They're good with it. Pop in. I, I was feeling a little weird about the audio tape of... Uh, the dad that was left behind, but I did really appreciate I, the montage that we got for him. And I hope that we do kind of like, 
I feel like maybe we'll get like a evil twin reveal or something with Hiram later. Uh, but I hope they kind of like I that montage to me was like, OK, we're going to let this rest for yeah, a little that, while, walk away. I was it. not convinced that they actually killed off Hiram last episode because it was such a weird reversal from the end of season five. But that montage, to your point, Pete, convinced me that he is actually dead on the show. But like you're saying, there's plenty of other ways they can bring him back. Yeah, he can be in a cloud Lion King style talking to Veronica about the rum business. <laughs> Does it seem like Riverdale is like heading past Rivervale? Like they were like, we, you thought Rivervale was weird. Like this show is just going to get so much more insane. I think, I don't know. I think it's about on par with the weirdness it was for the past couple of seasons, except for the supernatural element that's taking it in different directions, personally. Okay, I agree. Uh, Why don't we wrap up here and talk about who is MVP of the episode? Justin, you want to go first? Who is your MVP? Oh, MVP. Let's see. I mean, in an episode where we see so many people all the time, who is uh, jumping up? I the storyline I was uh, the most into, I think, was the Jughead storyline. I'm going to give it up to him and his relationship with Tabitha. It's the heart Pete, of the what show. What about right you? Now. Yeah. Oh, that's very nice. Pete, what about you? Who's your MVP this episode? Uh, yeah, I disagree. The TBK, heart, right? TBK. Heart of the show. The heart of the show is Abigail. Uh, and she's the only one fighting for true love right now. So I Mur- feel like about to got- murder for true love. I would hey, you got to do what you got to do. Um, Great. But um, it was one of those things where uh, it was just fun to see somebody fighting for Cheryl and Tony to be together. And uh, I'm all for it. I'll throw it out to Veronica this episode just because Camilla Mendez always soars in these sort of very emotional storylines, and she really did it here as well. I thought it was a really good episode for her, whatever you think about the direction of killing off Hiram or anything like that. But she got to play so many different modes from also, working with Reggie to working with Hermione to working with Abu. Grandma, just say fucking grandma. Old, uh, old Hiram uh, lady. There we go. Uh I, I would also just like to give a shout out to Tabitha. She was amazing in this app. Even when we didn't get to hear uh, her audio when she was screaming at Jughead. Really great. Um, uh, yeah, she's killing it. You love Tabitha. You love Jughead. But you they just can't be together for you for some reason. <laughs> peanut butter and jelly? I don't know. No way. I like <laughs> peanut butter alone because I was born and raised on it. <laughs> if you would like to support this podcast patreon.com slash comic book club also we do a live show every tuesday night at 7 p.m to crowdcast and youtube coming out we would love to chat with you about riverdale itunes android spotify stitcher or the app of your choice to subscribe listen and follow the show riverdale dark on twitter riverdale after on instagram riverdale after dark on facebook comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more until next time we'll see you after dark pete kill kill Ha 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 